but yeah anyway um we can uh pivot to talking to god i keep saying that word <laughs> <laughs> just all these like dumb workplace words start like entering your normal speech oh, pivot yes. content yeah. media it's all that all day every day i'm dealing with making records and it's just music industry talk I, yeah i don't really know obviously i really just don't know anything about you so that's actually that's a that might be a good talking point yeah so what what do you do so i i have been somewhere in the music industry you know <laughs> at all different points of my life mm -hmm. I've been playing in bands and i you know worked in retail uh doing some like small label DIY stuff. And now I am at a independent distributor that is owned by Sony. So I work for the orchard and it's, uh, you, you know, they're, they're one of the, the big three indie distributors that, that are out there. They do digital physical and I, I handle all their, um, not all of it, but I, <laughs> I handle a big chunk of their physical manufacturing. So oh, okay, very cool. At making like getting CDs and vinyl made, which is a horrible thing in this current day. I'm Dylan, and join me as we look back on the rich history of doom metal and its sister sounds based on the recounted tales of its followers. Every week, we'll have a different guest to spin their yarn. You can visit the website at diaryofdoom.com, follow us on Instagram, like us on Facebook, follow the podcast on diaryofdoom.podbean.com, and subscribe and listen to the podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. If you have a question or want to pitch something or whatever, you can fire off an email to diaryofdoom1968gmail.com. And we also have Patreon that you can support for additional episodes and whatnot. You can find that over at patreon.com slash diaryofdoom. There will be a minimum of one bonus podcast per month and probably more than that, depending on what time of the year it is. Joining us for this week's chapter is Tom Colello. He's the guitarist in uh, the New York-based band Sigils. Uh, he himself is based out of Carroll Gardens, Queens. So thanks for coming on the show. And uh, my apologies for <laughs> the delay on getting you all on the show. Um, oh, yeah. I had uh, gone up to Sarah at uh, Ode to Doom um, when you played, which seems like forever ago at this point, um, asking if you'd be interested in coming on the podcast. And then the world shut down and things kind of got sidelined. Um, but uh, happy to finally get you on. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it's... Uh... It's been a wild time. <laughs> it's it's been a hell of a ride. Yeah, that was actually the last show that we played, and I think that was the last show I played up until last September. It was just uh, this this whole year and a half has just been crazy. I'm glad that uh, we're finally here, though. Yes, I, I'm uh, I'm happy. 
happy to have you on. And, um, you know, you're working on some, uh, some new tunes and whatnot as we were talking, but, uh, you know, for you, like, what are your earliest experiences with music? Do you come from a musical background? Was your family into music? Did they play music or did you have to like find it on your own? My, my dad dabbled in music and my cousins did. I, I was never really, really interested in it when I was young. I was, uh, kind of more into skateboarding <laughs> and like, you know, just kind of being a delinquent. And uh, there were just a couple, a couple bands I heard like back in, you know, the mid nineties that I started to really get more into music and then thought like, oh, I could try and play guitar and, well, you know, kind of futz around and see it. And, you know, my family was supportive of it, thankfully. And then uh, here we are, just years later. <laughs> so a uh, bunch of bands uh, toured a bunch in some of them. And now I'm just kind of made my way, nestled my way into the music industry. So I'm kind of surrounded by it, you know. Uh, yeah, we'll talk about that in a sec. Um, but uh, when did you when did you start getting into metal? I came into to metal really probably will be looked down upon because I was mostly into like punk, punk and mm -hmm. hardcore when I was younger. I don't think you'd be, I don't think that would be looked down upon at all. Not on this podcast. <laughs> well, well, so I didn't really get into metal through that. It was, mm -hmm. uh, my introduction was, I, I, you know, I went to high school. I, we ha had like the metal kids in school and I was like more hung out with the, the skater punk kids or whatever. And, uh, I, you know, anytime I heard like Metallica or Pantera back then, I would, I just kind of would scoff and, <laughs> and like, <laughs> you know, to me, that was like, you know, the mainstream thing, you know, it, it was not much further off than essentially like what I considered like pop music at the time. But, Metallica uh, is a fucking pop band as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, the, and don't get me wrong. I, love metallica i i love all those i i will shit talk those bands but i love all of them <laughs> uh, <laughs> just heavy metal we love and hate you at the same yeah, yeah, time exactly but uh you know it wasn't until like i got into like the punk and hardcore stuff and then kind of got into like the cheesy like metalcore nonsense and then found my way back to metal and now i just listen to everything so <laughs> it's just kind of a mishmash <laughs> um did you have like a gateway album or something that made you just be like shit that's a little different i need to check some other shit out so i guess like the the one that would i would really consider like what got me more into metal was at the gate slaughter of the soul came into that like you know I, like i said i was like big into like hardcore <laughs> punk stuff anything fast and angry that had like some kind of message and then uh i came across that record and that that sound just like kind of changed it all for me it's a good one that band kicks ass yeah <clears throat> crazy they're still around they're still doing it 
I know. Yeah, they're not young dudes. Yeah, no. <laughs> I just watched a like a really old video of them like watching Swedish like pop music and kind of like where they like what their opinion on the on it is and some of it's just they're like oh yeah this is good you know it's not my thing but it good you know they're like we, we really they really like the hives and then like there's some other pop shit that comes on they're like oh again this is just crap <laughs> hives are great they are I'll, I'll it's a lot better than a lot that. of that other music but they yeah. were like what are you gonna do tell us to dit, like dunk on abba we can't <laughs> yeah yeah exactly <laughs> i'm pretty sure that's a national crime <laughs> So, as you said, you've also been like a, a longtime member um, being involved in the music scene. Now you work at The Orchard, which is uh, indep an independent label uh, or an independent uh, uh, branch of uh, Sony. Um, yes. But can you, know, like, you kind of like dip into like what you did that kind of led up to that? Yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, everyone gets, you know, gets their feet wet doing some shitty job that they hate. So... If for me, like getting into the the multimedia world, I guess you could say, was I was working at Borders Bookstore. I don't even know how long ago. Time, so let's say fifteen years. Fifteen years ago. Well, Borders is gone, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Long gone. Uh, I used to spend a lot of time at Borders. So did I. I got paid for it though. But <laughs> I did not. <laughs> um, so that that was like my first foray into like the retail music world, and then uh, took time off from that. Did some touring, band stuff, and all you know, out on the road for however long, odd jobs here and there. Then finally coming home from tour, I got a job at a independent music store on long island and worked there for four years four years or so met people through that like connections with uh the distributors and and all the you know some of the labels that would come through we would set up in stores and you know there's always like cross promotion stuff so just made connections through there and now i'm where i am it's really not exciting it's it's, <laughs> it's not boring it's just like you know i just kind of lucked my way into a decent paying job and <laughs> be, being like a middleman at a middleman company. <laughs> well, is, is there any, like, you know, kind of like you're, you're working like on the behind the scenes aspect and it's kind of like a, like a, a level above, you know, independent, you know, where it's like just the bands like doing right, all the right. work, you know, yeah, you're coming from that a little bit. I mean, is it like, you know, did, did you, but I, and I guess like prior to that, did you find like that aspect of, you know, working tangentially to, you know, music, did you find that like more rewarding or were you just like, no, touring is fucking better and this is just paying the bills? A little bit. Of, I mean, the stability, you know, having yeah. it is incredible. Um, but, you know, being on the road touring and doing all that, it, it it's, it's a different, it's a different life, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, it, it's, it's like a, the grand inside joke between tour, like touring bands, like, you know, you're calling your, your friends back at home, the civilians, or, or I'm going back to civilian life. Like, yeah, you know, that that's, it, it really is something like that. Like, you know, you, you're, it's a, it's just a completely different way of life. 
I miss it at times, but it's mostly lows. <laughs> you know, it's like a roller coaster ride where it's mostly just down. <laughs> Speaking on that, I mean, do you have like a particularly gnarly like tour story that like pops like you know comes to mind? Oh yeah, <laughs> there's a couple. Um, I I won't get into crazy specifics because I don't want to, uh, you know piss anyone off or, or yeah, make anyone wanna... look bad there's a lot the the stress of being in like a, a a decently popular band or 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 a band with a name there you know there's something to uphold there so you do whatever you can to try and like keep up appearances mm-hmm. and like you know make the show and make things good and just sometimes behind the scenes there is just a terrible terrible experience i mean think about it as like any relationship you're in right and, but you're in it with four people who are all dr- completely different than you and you you know you don't all see eye to eye on on most things and you just kind of have to make it work <laughs> but at the same time there you know there's i was just talking to a friend about it today the there was a a period of time where these tours, some of the stuff that we did was just some of the dumbest and funnest times of, of my life that I still think about, you know, Mm -hmm. it's obviously good times shine a little brighter than, than the, uh, the low points. Well, if you had a good story. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. I I played in a a band called hollow earth for a little while from Mm -hmm. Detroit, kind of like a sludgy, post-metal band kind of like cult of luna type Mm -hmm. and it was a really you know small scale tour it was a diy band we were touring with other diy bands at the time so playing playing basements playing garages and you know run down places so it wasn't a you know a good tour like a quote-unquote good tour where we're playing packed out shows but we were all friends and we had a the time of our life we made every day a great time you know we we were delinquents we stole from walmart every day we got free food from restaurants every day just by asking for it and people i guess pitied us and gave us <laughs> gave us free food and we did every, our goal was to make every day stupider than the day before so we would try and do something just stupid to entertain ourselves that's what happens when you're in a band of straight edge vegans I guess. <laughs> on the road. Yeah. yeah. That's fucking awesome. Well, obviously CD and vinyl production, uh, you know, took a huge hit during COVID, um, you know, and that's, that's Absolutely. what you work on. Um, and I, but I mean like prior to that, like what's like a typical, just like, like where is a typical up and down of having to deal with that on the, on the norm? I can imagine there's probably like, cause like vinyl, you know, internet vinyl culture is such a fucking thing now is that cause people love to show the presentation, like vinyl, yep. it's just gotten like so involved. Like I just, uh, I posted it on my Instagram the other day. I, I got this, opened up this vinyl from Mondo and it's the, it's the soundtrack to, godzilla 1985 and when you open it up it has like a little fucking fold up godzilla yeah, thing the pop like up the thing. city yeah. yeah and it like that's it's just at most you probably got like what's that 
that one uh, with the HR Geiger cover on it, the ELP album, like that oh. kind of flips up and down, you know, but for yeah, the most yeah. part, back, you're just opening it up and there's like, you know, great artwork and everything and yeah, cool yeah, liner yeah, notes yeah. and all that, but it's just gotten so much more like involved in everything. It's kitschy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, it's, it's a, it, it's a, it's a thing, you know? Yeah. 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 And, and, you know, the, the more that happens, the more I see it coming across my, my email, <laughs> you know, <laughs> labels and bands and artists want it like, Hey, I saw this person do this. Can you do it? <laughs> and we, you know, do our best to, to try and make it happen. But, you know, with, with the pandemic and everything, it's just even regular, just regular vinyl production. If you want a, simple one standard weight 140 gram black vinyl no frills just in a jacket whatever it's like minimum 10 months to a to a year you're waiting wow yeah and it's it's funny because i i mean i'm sure you've seen like people shitting on adele because you know, she oh, shipped, yeah, she she shipped like millions of records. <laughs> Meanwhile, no one else can get them. But in her defense, they put that into production, like, like the beginning of 2021, like that, that shit was like in there. Mm-hmm. So that like those delays hit everyone, like across the board, the major, as much as everyone wants to complain that they can't get records, neither can the majors even though they are taking up all the capacity. Right. And, and then, of course, you know, the inevitable is always, like, people just fucking throwing fits and, like, you know, the packaging is broke and oh my this, God. that, and the other thing. Forget it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I said, I worked at a, I worked at a retail, independent retail store, and there's some people that if there was... The, the slightest ding on a corner, uh, you know, if an inner sleeve had the, the slightest tear or odd fold, they would return it. And, you know, it, it sucks. As like stupid and trivial as that sounds, like I get it from a collector's perspective, but from the store's perspective, that stuff is non-returnable. So the store just ends up eating that cost. A lot of, right. I feel like a lot of people don't, realize that or they don't care i mean who who knows right exactly because then you got to take your fucking i don't know your whatever record it is i don't know i'm just trying to like see some fucking band i don't know what like your uh resin uh like you just got your fucking resin album you buy it you pick it it's just you come back it's like what's wrong with it it's just like the corner's like smudged it's yeah. like okay well what do you want it's like well i fucking want my money back because you told me it was going to be perfect and i only and it's just like Okay, so now we have to put, we have to take the record back. We have to give you your money back. And now we can't even sell this for the same amount of money that we sold it to you. So we have to like lower it down, you know, like even five bucks. It's like, yeah. And I know that, and the thing is, there's probably like for that one person that complains, there's probably five other people that would just be like, whatever, that just, that's, oh, yeah. Production. And it's like, that's not the, that's like, you know, the end of it. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. Shit happens. Exactly. <laughs> if we if if we didn't put so much pressure on people making this stuff to get it out to you and and like and not managing expectations and yeah. having fucking like five different variants, then well, 
that's the that's the key phrase what you just said managing expectations that that is essentially what that's my job <laughs> that, that's what i do at the orchard i try to manage expectations to the best of my ability <laughs> it is a difficult task yeah. i can speak from experience yeah. Wow, I wrote these questions like aggressively out of order. Um, <laughs> I just was like, oh, I gotta get this note in here too. Um, all right, because I'm like, wait, I already asked that one. So, how did you uh, wind up putting uh, together sigils? Uh, you know, you talked about being in Hollow Earth and a bunch of other stuff, and working and, and sigils is like a pretty uh, recent project, from what I can gather. Yeah, yeah. So. This band was really born from uh, game nights that uh, we we would have. My my wife and I, when we were living out on Long Island, we would host like a, a weekly game night, board games, and you know, playing like Werewolf or Ticket to Ride, all all, all those like you know the bigger new board games that that right. that has become the trend. It was just those nights, like just hanging out, listening to records and Sarah and I both were just, we would always talk about how much we loved, like some of these bands, like, you know, we both love sleep, sun, the, the plethora, you know, wind hand, all yeah. of these bands. And, and we've both loved, loved this kind of music for so long that, but neither of us ever really tried to play it. And, uh, for me, like, you know, coming from, I, I've had a history in and with heavy bands or, you know, punk or hardcore, or metal, metalcore, whatever bands. So it really, it wasn't like a stretch for me. It was just me trying to get myself to not play fast or, or trying to like overplay or trying to riff too much, <laughs> really trying to like scale things back. But more so for Sarah, she's she was out of the the heavy music world for a long time. Mm -hmm. So she was doing post rock stuff uh, uh, with her band Twin Cities with one of our other friends, and then doing her solo stuff as just like a singer songwriter for years. So when it came to like discussing like the possibility of doing a band together of for both of us within a style of music that neither of us have ever really played before. And just solely because we enjoyed it and want to just do it. And it just kind of came together over the course of like two weeks, we wrote the first record on, on our own and then uh, tracked it on our own and put it out. And then since, since that it's just, we got two of our friends to play with us and now our, he's our bassist adam is in the band with us kind of like trying to f figure out a drummer situation but uh it, it, it's hard and with the pandemic it makes uh trying to meet up harder and certain people's comfort levels with everything so that that's a short history of <laughs> of the our, our three years as a band essentially <laughs> Well, it kind of makes sense that Sarah was involved in um, like a, a post-rock type band, like, because yeah. there's definitely... You can hear the influence. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I wasn't really sure, like, when I 
when you all were going to play, I was like, I wasn't really sure what kind of a band you were going to be. And I was like, Oh, it's kind of like a, like sort of a spacey, like uh type, you know, more yeah, approach. Yeah. It's a little bit more, um, it's a little bit more, uh, I don't know how, how I should say like delicate than like some of the other bands that have right, traditionally right, right. like played on, on those bills, you know, and with the name, like, you know, sigils, I'm like, well, sigils, that's like fucking medieval or, yeah. fantasy and it could be it could be any kind of oh, you know man. approach i didn't even think of that maybe maybe the next record will take that <laughs> that turn <laughs> <laughs> just like turn into a like a, a trad metal band yeah 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 fuck yeah <laughs> um eh, not a bad idea um but yeah it's like kind of like whatever people want to call it you know post metal doom gaze yeah, i suppose who really cares yeah yeah i mean it's funny because like uh, some of these some of those like subgenre titles are things that obviously i'd never heard of until getting reviews back from that first record uh, the the first thing i saw was doom gaze i'm like what the fuck is that supposed to be and then obviously <laughs> i guess it's what we're playing so <laughs> yeah i don't know i just yeah. was like it's a metal band it's a post metal band just like you know that's that's big that's broad enough to like yeah kinda, right exactly uh, you know it's all encompassing basics. yeah so but you know people get hung up on labels and whatnot i mean like it was, like what kind of is that like the kind of sound like you were gonna, trying to go for just like layers and a lot of reverb and yeah, that kind yeah. of thing yeah i mean just big loud guitars big loud guitars with nice pretty things over them that's really it I like I I really kind of tried to turn my brain off <laughs> when we were writing these because I tend to overcomplicate things. So mm. it is it's definitely that kind of music that it probably would you know I don't I don't know maybe like suffers like a bit of an extreme word but like it is sort of like you gotta I guess kind of put your guard down a little bit you know just sort of like yeah, yeah, feel yeah. feel it out more you know absolutely I mean you know I I like I said I came from bands that were mostly like faster uh and just like a little more chaotic with like stuff going on like every other band i've played in always like i had to focus on what i'm playing <laughs> mm -hmm. otherwise you know otherwise i'm gonna fuck up this this i could just kind of zone out and just actually just play the songs without thinking and it's incredible it's a lovely change <laughs> You said you put the first album together in like two weeks or so, like what, you know, and then like, what was it like just putting that together and then getting it out there? I mean, it, we were really impatient. <laughs> so we, we wrote the thing in like two weeks and then like we sat down and we got, we got our friend to play drums on it. We, we sat and spent time with the actual recording. Um, but we, we finished the tracking and mixing in probably about a month sent it out for mastering got it back and then ended up sitting on it for almost a year before we actually released it because we wanted we didn't want to just like throw it up on spotify throw you know throw it up on Bandcamp and just kind of like hope for the best so we like actually like put money into like pr and got records pressed got cassettes like you know did the whole thing and and then finally like when we finally put it out it felt like it was 
like a weight was lifted like it was done <laughs> and then we were just kind of like all right now what do we do i i guess we'll play shows and we played a couple here or there and then the pandemic came so <laughs> <laughs> fucked up our whole shit well at least i got to see you once yeah yeah i mean the the few shows we played were have been great and uh hopefully we'll get back to it and get back out there and meet more people play more shows and do the whole thing and hopefully we'll have another record ready for it (laughs) besides that do you have anything else in the works i mean uh i got to hear some early versions of it and i thought it sounded pretty fucking cool thanks thank you yeah we're we um we we demoed out those songs over the course of like a weekend last march we uh we rented a cabin and brought a bunch of drugs and (laughs) and, nice and came out with a with another record um but shortly after uh i got covid (laughs) and then at the end of my quarantine I slipped on water in my apartment and shattered my knee. Oh. And had to get emergency surgery. And I was like laid up in bed for a while. <laughs> so that, that was that was most of last year. And then finally we, you know, now, you know, now I'm fine. I'm I can walk. Everything's good. But uh it took some time, so it it put a big hindrance on on the progress of of the mm-hmm. record. <laughs> Good thing you're not a drummer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, very good. I'm not. You could still sit and play guitar if they really needed you to. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, I could get away with it. No, I'll just <laughs> get get my big old you know casted up leg or with a brace and just have me posted up. With like a metal bar or something <laughs> like weekend at bernie's me <laughs> sweet are you like hoping to get that out by the end of the year we're looking well yeah now that things are like kind of moving again we're we're hoping to act, like go track it and actually you know get the thing done mm-hmm. uh and uh kind of go from there we'll probably end up putting it out ourselves because you know Again, we're kind of impatient, so don't like relying on other people. <laughs> I hear and, you. Uh, hopefully by the end of the year, before the end, before the end of the year. <laughs> cool. Awesome. Yeah. Um, well, have uh, you been listening to anything else lately that's really caught your attention? Ooh, that's, that is a good question. There was, there was something look the the benefit of working at uh my job i I get to listen to a lot of stuff that i I wouldn't normally check out because i end up liking you know working with some of the people from some of these labels and Mm -hmm. they're excited about it so i'll I'll check it out i'm trying to think of recently i mean that new age of apocalypse record that came out last week is great grim wisdom and really, I don't. I I've just been kind of listening to music, like uh, video game soundtracks. <laughs> if, <laughs> if I'm being completely honest, well, a lot of them have really good music. 
Yeah, I've I've just kind of been zoning out on that <laughs> because like Chrono Trigger, like that soundtrack just fucking goes, man. Yeah, I I finished uh <laughs> Breath of the Wild on the last day. Oh fuck yeah. Last day of the year. And that has a, a pretty amazing soundtrack too. I started that, I didn't get through it though. I've been meaning really to, good game. To, to I started track. playing it because I got really frustrated with Skyrim because that game is fucking broken. <laughs> understandable (laughs) (laughs) uh let's see what have i been listening to uh the new dance of the dead record kicks ass uh i didn't check that out i don't know how to fucking say this name but like people were talking about it a lot so i was like all right i'll check it out um we vegan dude oh yeah weege dude weege dude all right Yeah, yeah yeah fuck yeah that new album is that the opening track of that song or that album uh it's called fn scar 16 it has like one of the most unsettling uh riffs in a song (laughs) i've ever heard in my life it sounds like just planes are coming down to bomb you (laughs) yeah fuck yeah and uh new boris album was uh certainly was a boris album uh i mean like I'm just, I'm always going to listen to a Boris album, regardless of whether I like love it or like it or just been like, all right, next, you know, whatever. Yeah. This one was like, I don't even know how to describe it. Like post metal, trip hop, drone, Japanese pop music. I don't know. Yeah. It's great. (laughs) Like it was, it was certainly an experience. Yeah. And uh, yeah, just been checking out a bunch of Australian, uh, bands per uh previous guest jason of yellow mammo's uh recommendation so oh nice lots of good crazy weird metal over there in australia yeah for sure uh was there anything else you were you wanted to highlight right now i'm also uh i also play in a band called carcosa from long island it's uh oh, drummer of incendiary wait a, wait a minute i feel like i know this band <laughs> I've, what wait what kind of music is it yeah, it's like it's like metal. Because I feel like I I listened to this band called Carcosa one time, and it was like weird, like droney ambient shit. I don't know. Maybe that's not what you're. Maybe there's there, another one. <laughs> there are multiple Carcosas. There's like a deathcore Carcosa. Oh, okay. <laughs> that always gets put onto our like Spotify and Apple pages, which is always fun. <laughs> okay, so it's one of those situations where it's like the name is so cool, it's just going to be shared. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's, there's five, at least no less than five Carcosas at any time. <laughs> all right. I'll have to check out all five of them now. Yeah. We, we just finished up an EP. So that's probably going to come out at some point <laughs> in the next couple months. Just uh, just finished mixing and mastering that. And then Sarah is putting out some solo material that we've been working on together that's completely the opposite end of of sigils <laughs> mm-hmm. or or anything heavy for that matter but uh it's cool it's it's a lot of fun and uh just trying to make this year busy you know a, a better year yeah yeah exactly like i it's it's funny because i feel like what was it 2019 2020 like that span like right before the pandemic like i was putting out stuff you know with 
a couple different bands like you know just had something going on at all times yeah and then it's just like everything halted like a complete stop so i want to try and get it back up and it's funny because like so many people are like oh yeah we should do like remote like send songs back and forth like via email and work on stuff like collaborate remotely and it's like it seems like the first like week or two of the pandemic, everyone was all about it. And then it just, <laughs> everyone's like, Oh no, I guess this pandemic thing is really going to be, we're in for the long haul. I'm losing interest in this. I'm going to go do something else. Yeah. I'm sure it killed a few bands. Yeah, absolutely. It, you know, it's hard to stay like to want to stay productive in the middle of all that of, of, of so much, repet like repetition distancing like you know everything about it it just it, it's not a it doesn't spurn creativity <laughs> no it doesn't it, no, it, it it's just like the it's like the years of one just one long fucking doom song just re <laughs> repeating the same yeah. riff except it's the repeating the same bullshit we've had to yeah, deal yeah, with yeah. for so long yeah fuck yeah it's like listening to i disappear from metallica on repeat <laughs> Oh no. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Well, thankfully it's not that bad, but uh <laughs> well, besides all that stuff coming out, is there anything you want to plug like where people can find sigils and and all your other stuff? Yeah, I we we're not very good with the social media <laughs> aspect. <laughs> um we we do the Instagram, the grams, uh grams, Facebook, I think everything is Sigils Doom. So bandcamp.com slash Sigils Doom. And then same goes for the IG and the, and the Facebook. Awesome. Well, thanks for coming on, man. Yeah, uh, of course. And, uh, thanks for giving me a little peek behind the curtains with what you're working on. And I'm looking forward to hearing the final product. Thanks, man. Thank you. Thank you. And that will do it for this chapter of the diary.
everybody that works in the wine industry or in and around alcohol is fucking weird. I mean, like, I don't consider myself like normal by any stretch or whatever, <laughs> but, you know, but like, it's just everyone I've met is just strange. It's a very strange industry, you know? I mean, I feel like that's kind of like the, you know, the food industry in general, like, you know, any, any chefs I've ever met were fucking unhinged. <laughs> like, <laughs> yep. You know, anything that come, has to do with stuff that you put into your body is probably like some kind of fucking weirdo behind it.